For four days, the Mendocino Community Health Clinics went dark. It was October 2019. Hot, dry winds were whipping the Northern California coast, and the Kincaid Fire was raging to the south. To prevent another wildfire from erupting, the area's utility company took a drastic measure. They shut off the power. We had no power for four days. Tiffany Williams is the safety officer at the Mendocino Community Health Clinics. So all four of our clinics were closed for four days. Intentional power shutoffs have become common practice in California, where downed power lines have sparked some of the state's most destructive wildfires. They've been coined public safety power shutoffs, or PSPS. As fire season heats up, shutoffs are likely. And for many safety net health facilities, that means closing down entirely. Without power, providers can't access patients' medical records, which nowadays are largely stored on computers. Refrigerated vaccines spoil, and the lights don't work. We, we don't have backup generators um, to keep our buildings up and running. We only have small backup generators that will keep our, our server rooms going as well as our vaccine refrigeration. But that's not enough to operate safely. Obviously, you don't need every single light on, but you do need some lighting um, for safety purposes. Our HVAC unit, you need to be able to run your air conditioner if it's 110 degrees outside. We wouldn't be able to have patients or staff in our building otherwise, right? It wouldn't be safe. For the Mendocino Community Health Clinics, the four-day shutoff had significant impacts. Between our four sites, we see we have approximately between 600 and 640 visits a day. That's over 2,000 missed appointments and $300,000 in lost revenue. But for their patients, the consequences were arguably worse. Many have government insurance or are uninsured altogether. Without safety net providers like Mendocino, the uninsured often rely on emergency departments for care. But the cost of an ER visit is likely to deter them, especially if all they need is a refill on their insulin supply. According to Dr. Jerry Douglas, that's exactly what happened during last year's PSPS. Essentially, people's needs either were delayed or met in the emergency room. Douglas is the chief medical officer of the Mendocino Community Health Clinics. Two of the days I went into the server room to actually try to do uh, some uh, patient prescriptions and, and patient care. Um, but essentially we were shut down. Uh, we had no power in the building for lighting um, and there was just no way we could operate. While four days may not seem like a long time, the consequences can be dire especially for those dependent on electrical medical equipment. When the power goes out, breathing machines, oxygen concentrators, and dialyzers shut off too. That means those who rely on them are responsible for keeping their own supply of backup power or evacuating to a shelter where generators are running. And with COVID, this year's fire season is likely to bring new challenges. Between wildfire smoke, the seasonal flu, and the coronavirus, people will be scrambling to find out the cause of their respiratory symptoms, and access to timely health care will be important.
you know, we never know how influenza is going to be, but it's going to be hard for patients and hard for us, even as clinicians, to differentiate influenza versus COVID. And that's where testing is really important. And thanks to the pandemic, power is even more essential to the delivery of healthcare. We need, you know, the power so that we can do uh, telehealth visits. With telemedicine quickly replacing in-person medical visits, the internet has become a vital access point for patients seeking care. Without it, people's health needs are likely to be delayed or go unmet. But the problem these power shutoffs pose are not without solutions. Agencies across the state are thinking up ways to mitigate the consequences, including the California Public Utilities Commission. This is Nora Hawkins from the Energy Division in the CPUC. The commission acts as a regulatory body, essentially ensuring utility companies follow the rules. This year, they launched a rebate program, incentivizing customers in high-risk fire zones to buy and install backup batteries. This budget was really a recognition of the need to try to help customers, both residential customers, individuals in their homes, and non-residential customers like community health centers, um, enhance their resiliency in the face of future wildfire events and de-energization events. The program is called SGIP, or the Self-Generation Incentive Program. It's funded by ratepayers who buy electricity from California utility companies. The Mendocino Community Health Clinics were one of the first health centers to apply. On May 12th at 1 a.m., and I make a point to say at 1 a.m. because that's when they opened applications, um, our developer submitted two two SGIP applications within minutes of each other. Three days later, we were notified that our first application was pending review and the second application was waitlisted. Since then, one of the two sites has been approved. The second is still in the review stage of the application process, which has been lengthy, to say the least. First, they had to figure out the size of the battery they needed, which involved determining their peak electrical load. That's the most amount of power you use at a given time. You know, like, that's the highest. SGIP promises to reimburse applicants for a battery large enough to power their facility at peak load for four hours. That means the Mendocino clinics would only be able to stay open for that amount of time, should they need to use every light and appliance in their building. Of course, they can stretch the life of their battery by operating at reduced capacity, or critical load. What did we need to have power to allow us to see our patients on a smaller scale? So we, we looked at, uh, you know, our floor plan and we said, okay, we can condense down into this section of our building. And then we identified, okay, we would need this many computers, this many printers, these pieces of medical equipment, how many lights we would need. Obviously, you don't need every single light on, but you do need some lighting um, for safety purposes. While the cost of the battery is technically covered through the program, the upfront costs are significant. Applicants must pay for the batteries in full and are reimbursed upon successful completion of the project. But even then, they only recoup half the cost of the battery. The remaining 50% is paid out over a five-year period. So we have to pay up front, yeah. After installation begins, the Mendocino Community Health Clinics will have paid just under a million dollars for the two batteries 
on top of a 5% application fee. Williams says they expect to have both batteries up and running by November. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. For Direct Relief, I'm Amarika Raffinelli.